Welcome back, everybody, to the Innovative Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stickle. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephanie Hurd. Hello. And we are back again today with a couple more great guests, another full house, which is always fun. Um, joining us today is Mary Ellen Waltemeyer. She is the leadership coach and facilitator at One Step Closer Coaching. Joining us is her daughter, Kelsey Palmer. She's the Chief Experience Officer at Kite and Anchor. Thank you both for joining us. Thank, Thank you both. Yeah. I am so excited about this one. <laughs> I'm excited too, actually. Awesome. So we can get right into it. Uh, we'll get to know both of you first. So Mary Ellen, we'll start with you. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about what you do and what you got going on? So as a leadership coach, I help people in um, leadership roles, whether it's a new leadership role, mid-level or CEO, help them decide what changes they might want to make in their leadership journey. So talking with them about where they are and where they want to be, and then strategically helping them identify steps to get them to be a better leader than what they are right now currently. Gotcha. Where you are and where you want to be. We're already starting early with some kind of EOS speak. So yeah. that's, that's really good <laughs> to <you> hear. Go. <laughs> and then uh, Kelsey, you want to tell us a little bit about what you got going on? Yeah, sure. So I'm excited. This is uh, five years for Kite and Anchor in September. And uh, where it started versus where we are is uh, one of those comparisons, like how it started versus now. Uh, I've kind of evolved through COVID and everything. So a little bit more HR related stuff than the marketing side of things. But working with businesses who are locally owned who don't always have the same resources as the big guys um, as far as staffing is concerned, budgets, that kind of thing. So just internal and external communications and HR related retention, recruitment, that sort of thing. So just kind of helping the smaller guys. Gotcha. We love that. So uh, <laughs> communication, I'm always on board with. So anybody involved in communications, that's a, that's a friend of mine. So yes. we're, we're on a, we're starting off on a good foot here. <laughs> as we dive into some of these questions. So with both of you kind of on this consulting, coaching track. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your path prior to starting your businesses and like what what led you to decide, hey, this is what I wanna do? So I think Kelsey should answer that one first. <laughs> uh, okay, the easy answer is uh, losing two jobs within five years um, from corporate restructuring and uh, buying out and all these things that I didn't really know a whole lot about in corporate America until it happened to me. Um, and so I kind of just said, hey, all these people keep saying, why don't you just do your own thing? I kept saying no for a very long time. And then I was like, maybe this is the sign. Maybe this is the time to kind of get started. So I think all my experience up until this point um, really comes into play when I'm working with other business owners because I've been there. I've done the jobs. I've been in sales. I've been in customer service, management, all the things that I tend to help people with. So I think that's kind of where um, I like to go in the future and the conversations that we really like to have. So one of those things that's almost a blessing in disguise, right? I mean, losing two jobs in a short time, that's not, I mean, that's no, no one's going to frame that as being good, right? Yeah. But added... We call it failure, I think. <laughs> you know, like when you have to fail to be successful, it's, it's really put things in perspective. Well, it, you know, brings learning experiences and obviously, you know, led you to something really cool and unique that you're doing now. And you seem to be enjoying it just the way you're talking yeah. about it at first, five years in, right? So yeah, that's my really boss cool. is a little crazy, Ryan. But other than that, <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. They're like, wait, aren't you your boss? Yes. Yes, I am, actually. <laughs> That's all we need these leadership conversations, right? right? That's right. <laughs> but I, I can imagine that helps you have more empathy too, which is the like, I've been on the hard side of this conversation and like, I kind of know what sucks from both sides. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I created my own little hashtag, which is aggressive empath 
because I'm aggressively <laughs> empathetic. And I think that's a big move in leadership that we really need to see um, that a lot of leaders are really struggling with that kind of balance to be a leader and get things done, but also to be empathetic to their employees and understand where they're coming from. So it's been something that and emotional intelligence that I've been really feeding into lately as far as my own leadership. And I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, I think that can be something that that lacks in so many areas, especially in the corporate world, you know, because you get in these huge corporations and there's so many names and faces. It, it can be a little bit soulless at times. I mean, there's hard decisions that need to be made, obviously. Yeah. Um, you do have to worry about the bottom line. But at the end of the day, you lose some of that kind of personability, I guess. And, and especially when it comes to the human resources side, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to have those difficult conversations, but um, you want people to be happy where they are. Yeah. So. For sure, for sure. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I, I did go on your website. I did go on a kite and anchor. I had to do my research, right? Yeah. Um, do you know I, anybody that makes great websites? <laughs> 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 I'm in the, the revision process, actually. So, yeah, it's not perfect. But. I wanted to ask you about the 3P mentality. Mm -hmm. And there was a fun quote you had. So 3Ps are passion, people, and purpose. And there was a really fun quote on your site, which I wanted to say just because it's fun to say. Um, passion inspires people and passionate people inspire purpose in themselves and others. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that means to you? Uh, that, so when I get very, uh, some people call it angry, agitated. I call it passionate <laughs> because I only really get involved with the things that I really care about. And I'm going to be honest, it's the easiest part about running your own thing is knowing what you're good at, but even more so knowing what you're not good at. And I'm really great at saying, nope, I'm not going to do that for you because I think it's something that I'm not passionate about. And having that be the the, the purpose that you serve every day is knowing what you're good at, what your skills are, and focusing on those strengths to help other people versus trying to be the one-stop shop for everyone, especially when you're one person. So you have to really kind of set forth what that looks like. And I stick to those three things. What I'm passionate about, people, which is what I have always cared about in every job that I've ever had. That's been the main focus and just purpose to do exactly what you want to do every single day and be good at it. And that definitely involves some some self-awareness, some introspection, right? Because you need to know what you're good at. It's not just, you know, being a leader isn't just about knowing everybody else. You really got to know yourself first. Yeah. So I think that's really important. That And it's good you kind of draw that line of, I will say no, because some yeah. people definitely have trouble with saying no. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, in the corporate world, too, you can't always say no. And I said, so when I knew what a good client looked like and what a bad one kind of also looked like, it's easier to, to take the people that you want to work with because you see the same vision for whatever you're working on. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, right. And we, those we, conversations are very familiar, aren't they? Oh yeah. We, we've <laughs> preached about that, you know, I mean, just on a day to day here at work, but also on this podcast. I mean, we've talked about, you know, right person, right seat, oh, yeah. right mm -hmm. fit for clients. I mean, there's, yes. it, you can't just clash for the sake of just doing it. Right. Yeah. So um, those are important conversations to have. Yeah. Um, I, I joked earlier in the year, I was like, I've referred more business elsewhere than I've sold, but yeah. you know, those wouldn't have been great clients. They would have frustrated yeah. our people. And that's they okay. Have, yeah. right? They would have sucked resources. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they and then they would have been gone, right? Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. you, you're just saving yourself so much time and, and headache. Yep. Making good choices yep. is what you're suggesting. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk to you, Mary Ellen, about some of that. So kind of the the balancing act of mm -hmm. of dealing with so many different types of people, leading so many different types of people. If, if you heard of the word uh, the phrase code switching. Um, being able to interact with somebody differently than you might interact with someone else, just sure. kind of understanding who they are, what what they like, the way they speak, just everything about them. Um, how do you kind of switch off on people? To, because you have to lead people differently. Everyone's totally different. Yes. You can't. It's not just cookie cutter. 
this is how I treat every single person. This is how I teach every single person. Right. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to teach everybody yeah. and work with everybody just the same, yes. right? We could work with a lot more people. We are, we're humans, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's the good news, right? So I think, Brian, for me, it's really getting to know who you're leading and really establishing that trusting relationship as you start working and leading people and things like that and knowing that not everybody's going to be um, aggressive or assertive and things like that. There are those people that need a little bit of time to process what's being said and what's being shared and things like that. There are a lot of those data-driven individuals that are very different than those people-oriented individuals. So how you communicate well with both of those is really um, key to your success, I think. Yeah. Do you think over time, even though everyone is different, you find that certain people just kind of fall into certain categories of how they think and how they learn? So that's interesting because I'm coaching an individual right now and I'm a very visual learner. This particular client is not. And I often see myself seeing and saying, um, so well, I wonder if you could picture this. And he looks at me kind of funny. It's like, I don't do that. Okay. And so, <laughs> so I go, so he's very data driven. And so we look at the data and say, so what does this say about your business and how are you going to perform and things like that? So I feel like though, you really do need to figure out how people want to be communicated with and how you communicate with them and things like that and how they think, how they process and the experiences that they've had is also pretty key, I think, to leadership development. True. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a very visual learner, so ah, I, I can definitely relate to anybody yeah. else. It's the same. <laughs> it, it's funny you talk about that, like, data-driven person and them learning to be a leader. You know, I think us, like, Ryan, salespeople, marketing people, like, we're more creative, so we visualize. Yes. We can words are not a challenge for us. We can just kind of ramble on forever. Uh, but we're working. Podcast. <laughs> right? Purposefully. Right? Purposefully, though. Uh, <laughs> Work, working in tech, you know, we have a lot of those very data-driven people. We yes. have a lot of people that are really good at lists and checklists, yes. and they will follow a process. And, like, you give me a very detailed process, and I'm going to kind of follow it. Sure. <laughs> um, but that's the beauty that we found with the EOS process that we're going through is it, you know, it's, yes, it's applicable to pretty much any industry, but we found that a lot of tech companies are adopting it because somebody with that data-driven, process-driven mindset, it takes something that's very abstract mm -hmm. and something that maybe those more creative minds have gravitated towards and it puts it in a, a very clear process that, okay, here's our VTO. This is our form that we fill out every year and this is where we're going and this is the things that we're doing. And it's funny to watch though, not really funny, it's really cool to watch those really process data-driven minds embrace these concepts that the more um, cr creative minds have been wrapping our minds around conceptually, but we just never were able to put it in words on this this clear cut form. So that's been really neat to see. Yeah, I think it's interesting for me because I am that kind of like visual, more on the creative side, but mm -hmm. at the same time I like structure. Yes. So I really like EOS and yes. I, I love processes. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I've kind of gotten that process down from there, I can kind of find my freedom and my, yeah. my creativity. But it is nice, I mean, especially in my job where I'm the content specialist and so like all the the work structure that's all in place mm -hmm. it's it's running smooth but then i kind of get into like my job job and then I'm, I'm writing and i'm kind of brainstorming so to have that balance i think is really cool and i think it's it definitely is very helpful to people to have an idea of what's going on you kind of remove some unknown because mm -hmm. pe people want to know what to expect they want to know what the company meeting is going to be like i mean they, they want to yes. know this stuff and so um, to 
put that out there and have people on board with it, I think is really cool. Um, is there, is there, either one can jump in here. Is there a part of EOS and there's so many different aspects of it that jump out to you as being like, I love this about EOS. I'm, I was sold on it because of this one thing. The rocks. It's my yeah. favorite part. Yeah. And what you're saying about the visual component and employees that think visually and the more creative minds, how they sometimes struggle with that part. It's easier for them to see the bigger vision and kind of how to mm -hmm. get there from where they are. But then to have the data driven or more um, analytical type people to say, no, no, like this is what needs to be done. And here's how we're going to get there. Boom, 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 boom. So I think for both sides, that's probably my favorite part is just literally seeing how that stuff's going to push forward. Um, and it's been really successful when I've worked with other companies on it. And I love the US system. So I was really excited when Stephanie said you guys were going through that process. <laughs> um, I've worked with like three different now. And every time I, I train a group, I always talk about the people analyzer, another favorite one of mine, because I'm a very brutally honest person and how much I see businesses struggle with the people component from a standpoint of being able to even say, hey, you're not great at that. Let me help you or let's get you in a different seat so that you know exactly what you're doing and that it's going to fit the best role for you. And I think a lot of businesses don't get to that step. Mm. And it's a shame because they lose some good people along the way, I think. Yeah. And I think that rocks is a really good part of EOS and more importantly, I believe are the values, the core values and what are they for your company? It's interesting to know how many companies are choosing not to have them as compared to the ones that do. So whenever we're working with leadership clients and things like that, it's like, so help me understand what your values are. And it's like, sometimes you get a blank stare and it's like, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about why that might be important, right? Yeah. So how are you spending your time and energy and resources and things like that? And even more importantly, how are you hiring your next, you know, great people if you're not really clear about what you value? Right. right. And having core values and truly following them yes. also, because yes. I mean, that, that's a two step. I mean, that's to have them. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. already right. One challenge, but then to really follow them. I mean, everything you do should fall right under Absolutely. those core values. I mean, yeah. we have them on the wall everywhere in here. Like that, that's part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. definitely, definitely abiding by them is, yeah. is huge. And the understanding that your company has values, whether you've defined them or not. And if you're not hiring by the values that maybe you want or the values that you've set in an absence of that, you're kind of going to get what you get and you're going to be up to maybe some of, yes, maybe some of the hiring mistakes that you've made are mm -hmm. setting your values in ways that you don't want to. Yeah. Um, and then also when you define them, following them so that the values in practice match the values that Absolutely. you put on paper. Because it can be confusing if you've got certain values and your behavior is completely different. Mm -hmm. it, it sets yourself up for, you know, something not pleasant, I would say. Yep. <laughs> and that was an interesting point, Steph, of you might have values, like just because we're humans and we operate a certain way. And if you've built kind of a culture, a personality for your, your company, your business, th those values probably exist in some form. But I'll sound like I'll sound like Jason here. You need to be intentional about them, <laughs> right? right? Yes. And so when you become intentional and you write pen to paper, these are our values. It it get kind of gets you in that mindset a little better, you know. As, as humans, when we sign our name on something or write something down, we're probably more likely to do it. And so I think that's that's a big part. And it's just it's just kind of how the way EOS is a process, you know. It's 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 ongoing. And I, I forget who we had on. It was it was somebody from. Innovative basically said like EOS is never really implemented. You're, you're, it's constantly ongoing. Right. You might falter in some areas or you might, you know, be doing really great here, but it's mm -hmm. just, it's an ongoing process. You're never just like, 
EOS is here, we're done. Right. So. Well, and I think too, it's really hard to see like the the five, three, five, ten year plan too for a lot of people unless they know. And and there's been owners that are like, I don't even know what three years looks like from today. So to try to get everybody on the team to align with what their goals are, and they don't even know what their goals are yet, or just trying to help them set those goals. And the other thing you, about the core values, I always encourage leaders to set their own personal core values that can be professionally minded. But if you don't know what you want to do every day when you wake up, what you're working towards, how do you know the company that you're working for is the right fit for you? So if you don't have your own set of core values personally, I feel like it's even harder to meet somebody else's requirements as far as their core values in a business. Yeah, for sure. And I, that kind of plays back on to rocks as well. I mean, that rocks tell you what you're going to do every day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, you know, the, the smaller tasks, they'll, they'll funnel in, you know, you'll find time for those, but to wake up and we talked about this last episode, just to kind of wake up on a Monday morning and know that pretty much my week's going to look like this because I have these these yes. goals I have for this quarter. And so it just it's another thing you don't have to think about because there's structure in place. So I think that's really cool. Um, you guys are both in education, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so, yes, we teach a lot. So we're both adjunct faculty with Hagerstown Community College. And actually, Stephanie, as a result of my relationship with her, is how I got started there because I went to yeah. a course one time and I said, well, this is kind of fun. I'd like to do this. And so I saw Stephanie and said, hey, can I do this? And she said, sure. So <laughs> I've been working with the leadership management uh, boot camp uh, curriculum. Both Kelsey and I have been teaching in that. So, yeah. And I also got in because my mom started teaching. And then I was like, hey, I think I might want to do that. And 2020 <laughs> happened. And I was like, cool, that sounds like a great time to start. So okay, I've been go. doing the same program, the management boot camp, And then I do a, a summer program every year with high school students to prepare them for the workforce, which I'm super passionate about as well. What's that been like working with high school well, students? Very different than adults. <laughs> yes, I figured, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. challenging, sometimes way more fun. Uh, but you know, I, I taught for the first time emotional intelligence. And we talked about culture and just what they look like, even if you're 16 years old and going into a job, you might have to have a job right now to make money or because your parents say so, but to start understanding that every experience that you get is an opportunity to figure out who you're going to be as a professional person, whatever that looks like for you. If you're going to go to college, if you're going to go in the military, whatever, and starting those leadership skills kind of early on and expecting them to hold themselves accountable to be somebody who can run a workforce, you know, and, and get in there at entry level maybe their first job ever and really know what to expect and, and how to communicate with people and, you know, do all the things that we're expected to do when we start working. Oh yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's a very scary thing. Your first job is <laughs> always so scary, it right? I mean, any new job is scary for yeah. being real, but um, especially that first one, you just, don't know what you're doing and everybody you're working with all these older people and it's like, I'm just <laughs> we a talk kid. About the generations too, Ryan. Yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> oh my gosh. So is, is, was there like a, a recurring theme you felt with, with the, the youth, just anything that stuck out to you of, oh, they they kind of are lacking on this. And it's not at any fault of their own. They're young. But compared to, obviously, the adults who have more experience, was there any common theme with high schoolers where you're like, I really need to kind of hammer this down because they, they just aren't aware of this? I always say communication. Everybody always needs communications training. And I think they can be really good at it, but they're a whole different generation. They're used to texting and they're used to being on social media and being online 
90% of their day. So one-on-one -on -one communication can be very difficult for them, even with their friends. They tend to text everybody or send DMs through whatever social platform, and they're not actually having the chance to understand the communication method and the process and how that kind of works. So that's what we always really focus on. And I love teaching communication, no matter who it is. Um, and we're I'll say it's great job security because we're never going to be awesome at communication. It's something yeah. that, like you said, it's never implemented fully with EOS. Communication, you're never great at it. I have a degree in it. I teach it. I do it every day. I still have to remind myself, hey, it's not cool to interrupt them, even though you get really excited and you want to say what you want to say. <laughs> so kind of just understanding that. I'll tell you on the, the flop side, flip side of that is I think they are so much more in touch with the emotional intelligence piece compared to older generations. And it, it's just interesting to see because they they get it, you know? And it's like, yeah. you can teach adults all day about how to be more empathetic and kids just, the teenagers tend to understand a little bit easier. And it was really cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, we talk so much about the negative side of social media being in your life 100% of the time, but I think the positive side of that is kids grow up with an understanding of, you know, they don't, they don't have that firm line of like, I go to work, I go to school and I, you know, I get treated kind of like crap and it's awful, but I have that firm line. And when I go home, I turn that part off. They recognize that because I'm on all the time, like it's actually important how you treat people everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you don't just accept kind of being treated poorly in this one space because I've compartmentalized that. Mm -hmm. And when I go in this other space, that's where I can be myself. Like they're just a little more authentic in all spaces, I think, which is a the positive side yeah. of of the lines being blurred. They're also not afraid to tell you exactly what they think. Mm -hmm. And that can be challenging, especially as a new yeah. employee and their first job, because they're not going to sit and not say, hey, I have a problem with this. Mm -hmm. So trying to get them to understand the correct way to do that, because it's very different than when we were younger and you just respect your elders and there's no question about that. Mm -hmm. Now it's, yeah, but it's not fair. And I want to ask why. I'm like, I, I agree. You should want to do that. It's just, it's, it's how you deliver it. Yeah. So. I, I mean, when the veil has kind of been pulled off, you, you speak your, so many people speak their mind online yes. and everybody mm -hmm. complains about don't be a keyboard warrior. But then when somebody does speak <laughs> up in, in real life, yeah. suddenly people have feelings about that. But exactly. Or, you know, yeah. there's, there's a positive side of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to rail against social media too much because part of my job is social media and I also <laughs> work for an IT company. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm on I'm on their side. I think today. <laughs> yeah, I think it is it is interesting. I mean, how they're they're in tune emotionally, right? And it's maybe that's just one of the conversations happening on the devices. Is it's not all bad. It's not all just silly memes. There's good conversation happening. It's just not necessarily happening in person as much as maybe it used right. to. Um, but that's kind of the world we live in, and it's yeah. it's a matter of kind of passing down. Like you do need people skills, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I know you. Plenty of us are working remote and that's great. But I mean, it's, again, we, uh, it's kind of the theme right now. It's like, we're humans and like, it's good to be able to talk to somebody in person and yes. be able to interact. Right. Okay. Um, you know, not to sound, I don't want to sound like an old man, you know. But it's okay up. if you want to sound like that because there is something <laughs> missing, right? When mm -hmm. you're on social media and you don't have that interaction. 100%. You can't see the eye contact. You can't see the facial expressions and things like that. And you can tell so much about people just by those facial kind of gestures and things like that, I think too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's just different types of conversations, yes, right? I mean, it's, absolutely. there's, there's good and bad and we can, you know, if, if we want to tie this back to business, I mean, just the, the work-life balance and the, you know, work from home being in the office balance, it's definitely important, you know, and I, I know there's plenty of people who work remote 
100% of the time. And that's totally cool with them. If they enjoy it, that's awesome. If, if their business is thriving, that's really cool. Um, but I, I at least at innovative because culture is so big here. Um, you know, we do encourage people to like get in the office a couple of times a week. Yeah. You know, we, we all have our department meetings to, to go to, like to try to be in person for that. We seem to all enjoy each other's company. I think. <laughs> and so um, when you, when you tie that all together, like there, there are human connections to be had there. Like, yeah. you know, tomorrow we'll, we'll have our, you know, first, the first Friday of the month lunch and everybody comes in, we all have lunch together in person. It's just one of those things we do. It's, you know, I know technology is great, but yeah. we don't always have to be on the computer. Yeah, like we can exactly. have face to face conversations. I always yeah. tell businesses, you want everybody to do something, just offer free food and they will be there for sure. <laughs> There's so. No truer words have ever been spoken. Yeah. We actually gave out an award to one of our employees. So we have a, a few employees that moved out of state and, you know, thanks to being able to vert work virtually, right. we've been able to retain those employees and awesome. they're full-time remote. And this year, I think one of the best things we did, rather than saying you have to be in the office X number of days, sure. we've said 50% of your standing meetings have to be in person. So, you know, you don't have to be here for the full yeah. day, but if you have one, one team meeting a week, or two of those a month, your team has to be here in person. So that's worked really well. And for those remote employees, twice a year, they come in for some type of in-person event, usually around a company meeting or something yeah, like that. So we get to know them. But we gave out a fun award to one of our um, employees who works in uh, Vermont, Connecticut? Mm. Somewhere up there. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in New England. <laughs> the upper states. Um, for uh, <coughs> being willing to travel the farthest for free food. Oh, cool. Because oh, nice. I think he had gone several months and did not miss coming into town <laughs> for any of our, of our events where there was free food. For so him. that's, that's nice. always fun in our out-of-town employees certainly enjoy planning their their trips into town around our company activities. Yeah. And there is value in food and there is yes. value in face-to-face communication. Absolutely so right. there's absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I want to know if, if you two had any advice for people who wanted to kind of get into that that coaching, that leading leaders type of field, because it's it's very different than just, you know, being a manager at a company. You're, you're doing a very specific type of work. So I was wondering if, if through your your journeys, if there's if there's anything you could give to somebody who says, I kind of want to do this with my life, this sounds interesting and fun. I think they just need a leadership coach to help them think through strategies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so now I would encourage every leader to, um, I think, develop some coaching methods and skills with their employees, whether or not they become a coach for sure, but just right. have that um, maybe presence and that mentality to coach people rather than tell people what you want them to do. Like I was told what to do when I started my first career, how to do it and that kind of thing. But now with the difference in generations and things like that, people don't want to be told what to do. They might want to know what the end result is and then just let me do it yourself, you know, myself and that kind of thing. So I would encourage leaders to really adopt those uh, coaching strategies with any and all their employees just to help them figure out where they want to be and how to get there. And, and then two, how can I help you as a leader? So what can I do to help you get to where you want to be? Right. Mm -hmm. Just one thought. Right. Oh, don't do it. No, just kidding. <laughs> Nobody said that to me. I always say that. Nobody ever said, no, this is going to be really, really hard. Everybody's like, yeah, start your own thing. Like, do your own. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool. So I'm really honest with people to say it is definitely the most rewarding thing I've ever done, but it's also the hardest thing. So if you already don't like working nine to five, starting your own thing and being a one person, you know, I, 
deem it solopreneur, um, it's not going to work well for you because it's all day, every day. And although it's more flexibility sometimes, depending on the day to day, and you can make your schedule and you can set your meetings and nobody's telling you what to do. Um, being your own boss is, is definitely harder and, and realizing like how to manage yourself when you've never had to really do that because somebody's always been managing you. And now you're doing this for other people. Um, that and just learning how to hold yourself accountable and set boundaries, because I think a lot of people really struggle with that. And I see it all the time that especially people that start their own business always want to say yes to everything because they're not sure where the next client's going to come from. I, I just I disagree with that mentality because I feel like that's constantly just being available all the time and people take advantage of that. Yeah. And especially as a one person business, you have to kind of manage all of those components yourself. Yeah, I think honesty is so huge. And I, I can be one of those people now and then I'm, I can just like lay it out as it is. And I just have to catch myself sometimes because you, you do have to, you still have to be nice to people, right? You can't, <laughs> sometimes the, the truth is hard, but you, yeah. you do have to frame it yes. in a certain yeah. way. Like, you know, if you're breaking some hard news to somebody, you can't just be like, hey, this is, this is how it is. So, mm -hmm. Sorry. It's, you know, <laughs> you have to be nice and gentle yeah. and and, yeah. you know, let people down easy sometimes. But Maybe off the mic, I can share some uh, past stories about how <laughs> I was given bad news. And it wasn't always the best way. So I think I've learned from those experiences too, right? Like, you know how you feel when you find out accidentally that your company is firing everyone. And you're like, uh, I don't know why I'm getting an email about severance. Like, uh, what? And then, uh, whoopsie, we made a mistake. You weren't supposed to see that. So like things like that, that you just have to, and again, planning and coaching and, and learning how to do that for yourself too, um, through that kind of aspect. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would say anybody can do it. It's just, it's, it's definitely that balance um, to see what you want and, you have to have that that value, that core value for yourself yeah. and for your business to know what you're working towards. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Yeah. And, and doing doing the hard things with kindness. Like you know that you're telling yeah. somebody that something that they probably don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. You're probably pushing them. Yeah. You're probably making them very uncomfortable. But you can still be kind. You can still have empathy. Um, you know, even from a technology standpoint, I have kind of a funny story. That I think I'm willing to share on air. <laughs> um, if you regret but, after, I'll just cut it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, well, I was laid off once, and you know, with a big a big group, and our IT person worked remotely, and our IT person knew that this was happening, and he was told a specific time to go in and turn off everyone's access. Well, in the office, our meeting was delayed. And so we're all sitting there actively working and saw just our computers got taken over one by one and watched him control the mouse, drop down to our user, our Active Directory oh, no. username and hit delete. Are you sure you want to delete this user? Yes. <laughs> and then we had no access to anything. And one person comes to my office and says, so like I, I just got deleted and then you're sitting there and you're like it's happening to me too and then you hear it's happening to me too and everybody and then we're all just kind of sitting there and then we're like oh so i think i know what this meeting's about yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. um, surprise but but i talk about that example also being in yeah. it you know sometimes communicating with the it team is forgotten mm -hmm. and having that experience mm -hmm. and being able to say like i know our team would feel horrible 
if they did that to somebody. Sure. So trying to communicate with business leaders and being like your communication with us is so important and being able to be kind and empathetic to your, to your customers. Like nobody did that or to your employees, nobody did that like to intentionally be unkind, but right, like, yes. it's just thinking through there's when you're making a move like that, sometimes that those moves need to be made, but they're really thinking through and planning yes, everybody yes. that needs to be coordinated with. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that it's done in a way that protects the company because that access absolutely needs to be turned off, but that it's done in a, in a kind Time way. way. Yeah. 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 Cause people deserve honesty. I mean, yes. that's, that's part of just, you know, respect in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But you know, if, if you need somebody to maybe work a little harder and say, Hey, we need to kind of get this done this week. Sorry. Like, it's like, I understand this is tough. You can you can put that out there. Like yes. if you just truly feel for somebody, you can tell them that and say, I do also have this bad news because that's just the way it is. And exactly. so sorry. That's part but of business though, right? That's, I mean, and that's you business. Can't not do those kinds of conversations, I think. Right? Yeah. It's just yeah, and it, yeah. it's just finding a way to do that and still treat someone like a person. Yes, right. Absolutely. And yeah. not just a worker. Yeah. Well, so. And when mom and I teach together, we had um, a session not that long ago that we were talking about different things and, and somebody brought up the golden rule, right? Treat people the way you expect to be treated, but even more so the platinum rule, which a lot of people don't know because now I ask everybody, like, do you know yeah. what that is from a customer service standpoint? So it's, it's basically asking or knowing how that other person wants to be treated. Cause we can't assume that everybody wants to be treated the same way we would maybe they expect more than us or maybe they expect a lot less than us because we have different standards so it's really just understanding that when mm -hmm. there is hard information to communicate hey how would i want somebody to tell me yes. and kind of go with that being the best case scenario and mm -hmm. i always tell people plan for worst case scenario and best case and hope that you're going to end up somewhere in between but at least you know kind of what to expect when you're going to have to deliver some tough news that's a great point because we talked earlier about how not everybody's the same. Correct. You can't treat every person the same way. So if you're going to treat everybody the way you want to be treated, then that's kind of going against that whole notion. Yeah. Um, is, you know, the sentiment behind it obviously is good because it's kind of just saying you want to be treated well with respect, do that to somebody else, but it's not necessarily one-to-one -one for every single person. So right. that's a great point. The platinum rule. Yeah, we up, yeah. we upgraded it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they informed us. I mean, and it was some. It's cool yes, when you're teaching or training, and you also learn in the process. And we kind of go into every session that we teach together with that expectation for ourselves to learn something new from the people we're training as well. Literally, a question I've written down for this podcast. <laughs> I was sneaking a look. You didn't know. Oh yeah. man, um, why should a leader always be learning? Maybe it's an obvious answer, but but why should they? Things are always changing, right? Yeah. I mean, people, personalities, environments, a workforce, a workplace, everything is always changing, right? And so I think if you you always need to stay up on your craft or your industry and things like that. I'm sure you folks do that with yeah. IT and that kind of thing. Things are always changing. So good leaders really will continue on their own professional development, their own performance or their own, you know, skills, talents, those yeah. kinds of things. And I always like to say, you know, especially when working with somebody, I don't I don't need to be right, but I would hope that everybody I kind of talk with or coach or train with that they understand that they can think a little bit differently. So opening their mind or their interpretation of some things that they just never thought to consider themselves and kind of getting them to think a little bit bigger and a little bit deeper about certain things is important. And I think if we do that ourselves as leaders and just really kind of put ourselves out of our own comfort zones, that it can really show us how much more we do need to learn. 
Have you found that people that aren't necessarily willing to learn or evolve are maybe the ones that are a little harder to deal with or maybe the ones that are struggling the most in their kind of, whether it's the workplace or just in life? Oh, this is going to get deep. This is where I get passionate, okay. right? Here we go. <laughs> the, uh, the common term that I despise hearing is, well, this is the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And those people that aren't willing to change and evolve with the times, like mom said, you know, whether it's your industry, whether it's communication, whether it's social media, you know, once upon a time, everybody thought email was just a trend and it was going to go away. And that never happened, obviously. Right. So look how far we've come since then. And it's just having that open mind to say, maybe there is another way to do this. And I don't have to be that higher level manager that's always telling everybody, let me ask somebody, hey, here's what needs to be done. How would you go about it? You know, and just encouraging them to be able to tell you how they would take care of getting a, the simplest task accomplished. We learned that in a training we did had people um, do some very common things like put a jacket on, uh, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and how many different ways they are to do that. So I now am making peanut butter and jelly completely different than I ever have in my life. I didn't know you could put peanut butter on both sides and jelly in the middle and it has a different dynamic. Wow. I know. Okay. Who knew, right? Well, that's not the way I've always done it. So. <laughs> that's not the way we've always done it. So it's know? not right then, right? To have exactly. two pieces of bread. I think that one, that might be the one I have to draw the line. <laughs> You're not willing to go that far yet. Yeah, that's, huh? that's the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll change my whole life to evolve and be a better person, but I will not change the way. I make <laughs> so just curious, you have peanut butter on one slice and jelly on the other one on. Yep. Just like that. And peanut butter always goes on first for whatever reason. Don't know why. And then why. the jelly goes on the top, not on the other piece of bread. Yeah. So I, it's, it's usually, and I don't know why my brain where we've it's gone okay. soft topic, but it's fine. <laughs> Left slice of bread, peanut butter first, right slice of bread, jelly fold it and I cut diagonal and that's just the way you I cut do it diagonal. every single time. Well, yeah. That's interesting. There's been lots of conversation about how many different ways you can make peanut butter. And yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. That you've done this like in a class. Like, <laughs> there's probably, and there's have, great pictures too. We could do probably an hour conversation on just how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or how to change a light bulb. That was the other one. Oh, so yeah. you've heard jokes about how many people does it take a change a light bulb. So we got into that discussion as well. Yeah. But we always learn what, so when we're teaching yep. people, just their different perception, you know, how they grew up and how oh, their yeah. moms might've done it or how their dad did it. And, you know, so what do you change about what you like when you saw it? And then now mm -hmm. you do something differently. So it's great mm -hmm. to be able to learn as we teach for you, sure. You can apply that to everything. Absolutely. Generational stuff that's yeah. passed down. Like, yep, this, I like this. I've always done this. And yeah. then the stuff where it's like, my parents always did this. It was the worst. And so yeah. they, yeah. they change it. And it's, yeah. that's kind of, I mean, that's just how humans evolve. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's nice to simplify it. I don't know how you could change a light bulb other than unscrewing it and screwing <laughs> a new one. But we'll have a session for you. One okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's how leaders learn too. I mean, as you and your leadership roles, you've watched other people who are in leadership roles and you say, well, I like what that person did, but not so much this person. Right. So always watching other leaders and what they do and what's successful and talking to people that they lead. So what is it that you like about the leader of your company? What do they do that makes a difference for you as a, valued employee, right? Mm -hmm. So always watching too and being aware of what's going yeah. on around you is another really great strategy for leaders, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think just in the way you kind of broaden your network also, if you're always, yes. and, and you know, you might have a great team, but if you're always working with the same exact people in work and in life, and you're not meeting new people, you're not broadening your professional network, it, it's going to be a little harder to learn new things because a lot of times you learn new things from people and different perspectives. And so if you're just kind of staying in your box yeah. there, then 
it can be hard to, to broaden your horizons in that way. Well, and I think too, Ryan, especially getting to be around people that are raised differently from you, different background, different experiences, different country, different upbringing, just all of that, because it, it really yeah. does expand your mind to think that, oh my gosh, there's such a world that I have no idea about because I didn't live this person's life. And my life is completely different. So you can learn from one another too. Um, and especially when they're across generations, that even more has an impact to say, this is how it was 20 years ago. It's crazy. I mean, people don't respect one another right off the bat because we don't know what they bring to the table. So when you can start to have those conversations with people, well, this is how it was when I was growing up, or this is how my culture does things. It's a completely different piece and it's immediate respect, if you ask me, because it's just learning from that person how things can be so different. Well, one of the things when I was working in higher education that I sometimes found frustrating, but at the end of the day, it was really, really helpful is that every position was hired by a committee, which was frustrating when you were the hiring manager because you had to take the time to put the committee together and there oh, yeah. were requirements for different types of people that had to be on the committee. But I remember a lot of really great conversations and in, in realizing different managers have different things that they prioritize and you might look at a candidate differently based on what they have, what they say. And I remember a conversation where, you know, we were talking about a candidate and we we're like, you know, they're a really great fit for right now, but gee, you know, it seems like they're looking for more in their career than yeah. what this, like we're not going to be able to, to move them up. There's not a lot of growth and they're clearly looking to grow. And um, my manager at the time said, I'm not building a forever family. I'm building, I, I need somebody with this set of skills to fill this position for right now. And if this person has this set of skills that they can get something out of this position for right now, we'll, yes. we'll find the next right person next. That's awesome. And I like, I've carried that with me too, of like, there are seasons in your life and there are seasons in your career and things change and people move on and, you know, one door closes, another door opens, yep. as cheesy as it sounds. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I love the idea of just being able to listen to somebody who does something differently or has a different perspective, right? So if we want to put it to the peanut butter and jelly analogy, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck in my ways, but I was at least interested and willing to hear you out. <laughs> Until he tries it, he might change his mind. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just need to try it. Yeah. Well, and you know, bringing it back to the EOS piece, like the people analyzer, that do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do it? Like yeah. that's a whole different conversation about people. Even if you start recruiting and have interviewing processes that meet that criteria, do they actually get it? Do they understand what the job mm -hmm. is? Do they want to be here? Are they going to fit in well with our culture and what we're trying to build? And do they have the capacity? Somebody might not have specific yeah. IT experience, but that doesn't mean they'd be bad for this job. Maybe they just want to learn. Maybe they want to completely change industries. And I think a lot of people get set, well, their resume doesn't have specific experience that matches the job that they're going for. So what? Like, give them mm -hmm. a chance, you know? And yeah. I think that even more so now we're seeing after COVID, people are just frustrated or they hate going to work. So they're looking for something remote. It doesn't mean they can be, a, they can't be a perfect employee. It's just, it's a different mentality. And you have to kind of be willing to take those chances too from a recruitment standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important for, for leaders to understand if someone is unhappy, well, yes. well why are you unhappy? Yes. You know, let me, let me at least try to try to help. And if, yes. if there's nothing I can do to fix it, if this is just not right for you anymore, then that's okay. Right. You'll move on best wishes. Right. But you know, if, if there's something I can do to help fix it, just let me know. And you know, a good leader should be kind of open to that, at least the idea of that. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't just 
flip the whole business on its head for one person to try right. to make them happy, right? Like right. that it has to be a two-way street, but to just be able to hear somebody out and their idea of maybe we could do this a little better, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. at least mm -hmm. be willing, you know? Yeah, and that's a really good comment too, to hear people out. Some people, some people just need to be heard, right? And so from a leadership perspective, just listening is huge. And you may not be able to implement everything that they suggest, but just being able to hear them and to help them think through a process and things like that's important, I think. And they'll find value in being heard also. Absolutely, yes. I mean, there's, there's nothing worse than being in a job and it's just like, I have to do it this way. And yeah. there's not even any use in me suggesting it to someone because they're not going to do anything. They're not going to listen to me. So yeah, mom's laughing because we just had that conversation on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. About, yeah. Little you know, pre-show meeting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens organically when your mom is like this, you know what I mean? It's just people are like, don't you love it? I'm like, sometimes, sometimes I just want to be angry and vent. And I'm like, don't coach me for a minute. I just want to get this out. But it's like second nature. So it's, it oh. is, it's beneficial to have her as a leadership coach for sure. You gotta, for my whole life. <laughs> Find, find coach mode and find mom mode. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She always said, you know, one day you'll thank me for this. And I often say thank you because they were right, unfortunately. Oh, the teenager wow. in me would have never said that. But the most adult teenagers me can say right? that now. Right, yeah. fair enough. And that's why we need to coach the teenager. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, it all comes back around, Ryan. That's right. Wow. <laughs> I do have to ask, Kelsey, I noticed you brought a book with you. Uh, of course. Okay. Of course. So one of the questions you guys kind of said that you like to, to discuss is uh, leadership books or professional development books. And I'm a big Gary Vee fan, um, obviously. He's what we call radical candor, uh, has a couple books. And this one is 12 and a half. And it talks about all the emotional components of leadership that we really have to feed into and setting boundaries and just everything, the things that are necessary for business success. So uh, it's, I believe his newest one, 12 and a half, it mm -hmm. just came out like in the last year. So one that I, I tell everybody, you got to check out. It's yeah. beneficial for sure. I've been a Gary Vee fan for a long time. I We got to see him recently in October, last October, That's I think, awesome. at a conference wow. that we went to. And when I saw he was our keynote speaker, I sent like a company-wide email to everybody that was going to this conference, just losing my mind at how excited I was. And everybody was like, what is, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, we need to get his sneakers and maybe we can sign, he can sign our sneakers. And yeah, I oh, had yeah. a whole like fangirl oh. moment. <laughs> and before we, there was a reception before the keynote went on and I made like, we had like six people from the company going to this concert and cool. like, I'm going to go in and reserve a seats right in the front row. If you guys can find me. That's awesome. so exciting. So was it good? It was, good. It was met awesome. Met your expectations? Exceeded oh, your expectations? Totally met my expectations. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been a big fan of his. I started watching, I want to say like back in the Wine Library TV oh, days. Yeah. And the Thank You Economy was one of the first business books that I read. And that really kind of impacted my hmm. philosophy on like sales and marketing and, yeah. and got, treating people how they want to be treated. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Not how you want to be treated. Yeah. That, that really stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just even the b different backgrounds, like understanding from his father that came to America, like what that looks like for somebody to just be in business. And it's, it's really humbling, yeah. I guess, to read through that process. And also, you know, him being, having the candor to say, you know, as a business owner, nobody's going to be as invested in, in your business as you and recognizing, yeah. like you can have high expectations for your employees, but they are never going to have the level of investment that you have as the business owner and Absolutely. as the leader. So I just, I love that message. Yeah. Good. Have you read this one yet? I haven't. Next on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate the book recommendation Absolutely. because leaders are always learning. Yeah. 
And we also have lots of reading assignments here at Innovative. We so do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just, good. That's, that's great. Of, you guys do a book club? We, we had a book club pre-pandemic. Yeah. And then um, since we've started implementing EOS, um, we have had our leadership team and our management team almost every quarter has a book to read. Right. That's great. And the entire company, it's been required reading to read What the Heck is EOS. Nice. Um, I know, uh, Ryan, we're a big... Uh, we really embrace the they ask you answer philosophy oh, yeah. of marketing. So I think that was your first day, your first reading assignment. So <laughs> wow. we, yeah. there you go. It's funny. It's funny after reading that, recognizing it other places. I was on a website for like some like tire and auto shop mm -hmm. uh, the other day. And like the, the structure of the website, and I was like, oh, this looks familiar. I was like, oh, they have a blog. Let me look at the, some of the blog titles. Yep. This is, <laughs> yeah. they're absolutely following this, this method. So. That's it's always cool. cool to see and and see other people implement. It's like, all right, this is there's other people just like me here. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mary Ellen and Kelsey, thank you. This has been super awesome and fun. Um, I know people are really going to enjoy this one. Um, just the feedback's been really awesome for this podcast. So thank you for everybody listening. I'm Ryan Stickle. Me and Steph will be back next time. More great guests as always. Two weeks from now, if you're listening right on Wednesday when this releases. So thank you all. And we'll be back next time on the Innovative Leadership Podcast.